Hey everybody, welcome and welcome back to The Essentials. This episode is just a casual conversation about why on earth the left only deals with the intangible. And it's crazy because it's not just one aspect of life that this happens in, it's with a lot of aspects. Obviously not everything, but when it comes to that broader worldview, I've really noticed it. And of course, it's not every person who identifies as a Democrat or liberal who thinks like this. I don't generalize entire groups like they do. This is within certain kinds of people, and I'm here to talk about this with my dad, Ted Flint. Hello. Thanks for having me, honey. It's great to have you on with me again. It's always an interesting conversation when I'm talking with my dad because he brings up topics that get me going, and then I say something that gives him really good ideas, and it just flows from there. So we're going to talk about why liberals tend to uh, they, they focus more on the on people's emotional health and less on the physical well-being why what do you think that is they're they're afraid of i think they're afraid of physical reality i think we're, we're seeing it with the uh with the illegal immigrants being shipped off to martha's vineyard i think you you see it every day in your your college uh classes with your professors with their masks i do and I, I think the easiest way to illustrate this idea is the in-person voting versus voting from at home these absentee ballots because of covid they don't want to make any face-to-face interactions with people, which is why, like, I need help in chemistry right now. <laughs> it's challenging, but there's a barrier between me and the instructors, and it's not just me. It's like 300 kids of the class who would like some extra help, but all the meetings are held on Zoom because they don't want to interact with you physically. And I don't, I'm not a great learner through virtual learning like that. I need to have somebody in front of me physically because I need to hear them and like watch them write, but over a computer screen, it's really not helpful. I think the, the verdict is out on that. I think most young people, not just you, I think uh, are not good virtual learners. They, they, they prefer face-to-face uh, interaction with their teachers. And, um, and, and these the people on the left for, and I and I again I characterize not everybody in academia but most people in academia are of the left wing persuasion and they they're still acting as though we're in the middle of this pandemic the pandemic is over if there's one thing Joe Biden said with which I agree it's that the pandemic is over it's no longer a pandemic so but they're treating it you know with their masks and they're they're giving you six feet to go anywhere near them they back up towards you and it's like uh, it's like get past it we got to get back to some kind of normality right physically that's what we're so frustrated about because physically it doesn't exist anymore but mentally it's the thought of the COVID-19 pandemic catching the the virus and all of the fear-mongering that happened that is the part they're hyper focused on right now and everything they do it, it feels like it's based off of feelings like with art even they like the fluidity of public art that has no face They don't want art or icons or images or symbols to be a person. They don't want anything that's impressionable, objective, because they think that that would be offensive. So they'd rather have something plain because it's better than hurt feelings. Yeah, plain. It has no... uh no relevance. It's, it doesn't offend anyone. But you know, and we brought this up at one of the school board meetings when there was a kerfuffle over the image and mascot. And of course, it's still front and center in this district. Uh, one woman stood up and said, well, I just, I, why do we have to have any image or we, let's have something boring or I can't remember the exact verbiage, but I mean, you, you don't have a right not to be offended. You're going to offend everybody. At some point, no matter what you do or say, people will be offended by this podcast. 
They won't like the sound of my voice. They won't like our views. You know, you can't not offend somebody. I mean, it's it's impossible. Right. That yet again, that is something that is completely unattainable. You can't make the entire world agree with one thing. And when you try to do that, there's usually violence. So because every single person on the planet has a different worldview and it's it's because of individuality which they don't like because they like groupthink right. and colleges are extremely susceptible to that yep. but people are going to have different views on everything it's just that they don't like that they don't want there to be any difference in views they will recognize differences when it has to do with equity racial equity and things like that they, but they, they like the collective they think collectively they're against individual thought or individual freedoms. That's right. what it comes down to. And a collective like that, you that can't happen because not everybody's going to want to be a part of a collective. So they're always talking about these things that are completely unattainable. Like within the sciences, they really like psychology and they like to psychoanalyze everything, applying these theories to people and situations. They want to be very existential because it's all about the mind. It's all about the feelings. It's all about... Um, like some of those psychologists that are behavioralists, everything is about why someone did something based on innate behaviors or feelings. It's all about the mind. You say many of them are, are fans of Carl Jung? Yes, yes. That's, how, that's what he believed. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it is interesting. I took AP Psychology in high school. I read about some of this stuff, but I feel like there's no need to be existential like that on a daily basis. You can't just walk up to somebody and psychoanalyze everything. Somebody may not eat something that's filled with protein because the thought of protein makes them better, but maybe their body needs it physically, and so they have to eat something that's going to help them to get more energy throughout the day. Well, remember the, the, the term a few years ago that some of the uh, college kids, they wanted their safe spaces, they felt offended, easily offended. They want to go somewhere where they're, where they're not offended. Or where they feel safe. Where because, they feel safe. Yeah, right. Physically, somebody could walk into a safe space and beat somebody up but it's a safe space because they think they're going to be safer there. Yeah, it's like a gun-free zone. They feel safer, although <laughs> Somebody they're, they're easier targets. Yeah, which is not good. But um, yeah, that's terrible. And even in politics, with government spending, they're obsessed with spending because they don't see that money as a physical thing. And it's not theirs. It is It is indirectly, but I mean, again, it's a collective money. It's a pot of money. Everybody has a stake in it. They think so everybody will benefit but obviously uh, that's not the case some people benefit more than others right. some people benefit more uh, from the money that maybe they didn't put in as much money as they should have to benefit you know what i'm saying the money gets redistributed which is really what government does anyway right. most of what government does is redistribute wealth yeah and that was something in public policy my professor actually said she was talking about the distribution of wealth and she was saying there's the progressive taxes, there's regressive taxes, and then there were ones that were just static that would affect everybody the same way. But she mentioned something about regressive taxes not being progressive taxes when they're both progressive taxes. You know, the, the idea of progressive taxation is in Marx's manifesto. Actually, three of the 10 planks in his communist manifesto, and I've read it a couple of times, uh, are, are already put in place in American government. The heavy progressive income tax, which we have, centralized uh, the government, the, the, the central central bank, and I can't think of the, uh, the third one is, uh, <laughs> oh, the Federal Reserve. Federal oh, Reserve yeah. is, that's, that's really one of Marx's 
plans for uh, how to take over a country from within, a heavy progressive income tax, and I can't think of the third one because I'm working on very little sleep. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, I think you made your point with yeah. those, definitely. Because they, they want a world where there's zero injustice, where the government has control over everybody, has the money, mm -hmm. they're making all the calls. And it sounds nice for everybody to be in the same boat financially, but that's actually terrible. Regarding feelings, it, it's more fair and, you know, it's equal treatment and everything, yeah. but it's going to hurt a lot of people to reach those standards. Instead of spreading the wealth, and it's really spreading the misery equally, or equally spreading the misery, to be grammatically correct. Um, yeah, you're right about communism. I think I don't. I don't think it'd be fair to characterize all these people on the left as communists, but they, right. they're no, certainly they're, they're statists. They believe, and we saw this and heard this during the uh, this big debate with the mascot. Some of the people who want to ban the mascot were whatever the state said, whatever the secretary of education said was final. Well, the secretary said this. Well, we ought to do this because she said this, or the state said this. State education department, but it's not up to them. It's they believe, in, again, whatever the state says is what we ought to follow. They don't believe that we are evidently a free people uh, able to govern ourselves. We, we made the decision by electing those two board members who are pro-mascot, and the decision was taken out of our hands by one person on the board. Yeah, and the decision to elect these people to our school board was a physical one that had physical results right. that we could see with the data. We went to the polls. There was no, right, no yeah. mail-in ballots. Right, but they still believe that psychologically that image was hurting people. And they said people of color, so I went to go talk to them, being a girl of color, mm -hmm. and they still didn't listen because it's ingrained in their minds that it's hurting other people's feelings. So because of that whole being offended and the feelings being hurt thing, they went to great lengths to get rid of that image. But more people disagreed with them. Okay, they can think that way. They can they can uh, advocate for that that point of view. But our side won the debate on election. Those we elected those two board members. That should have been at the end of it. Right. Now we're tied up in lawsuits. Yep, and we're spending so much more money than we should have ever spent and taking all the focus away from the students, which is exactly the opposite of what they claim they want to do. It's happening anyway. Getting back to the topic of them trying to do things that are unattainable, trying to force everybody to these unrealistic standards and pushing different ideas and beliefs that don't physically make any sense, like generational trauma. That's something that is a huge topic in college nowadays. They're trying to say, or they're claiming that if somebody's racial or ethnic group generations and generations ago went through some kind of turmoil or some kind of injustice, that genetically those feelings of injustice can be carried down to where I am now. So theoretically speaking, because the Irish died of the potato famine, since the Brits were controlling all their crops and everything, and the fevers. right? Yeah, I should somehow be traumatized by the British. Can you explain how that happens. How does that occur? I mean, I'm, I'm not. No, I don't they, know how that they don't because it's yeah. it's really it's about feelings, right? It is. It's about feelings again. They don't really have any physical like facts or data to prove that that right. can be genetically passed down. Something that I do know from genetics, just from sitting through my bio classes, is that if your great ancestor got their leg cut off in an accident, you're not going to be born without a leg. So right. external things that happen to them physically shouldn't be passed down genetically because not being able to afford food is not in somebody's genetics. Right. Exactly. 
But again, you, you, they're focused on psychology and, uh, and emotions and uh, less on the physical reality. Right. It's just, I think, why do you think that is? It's interesting how some people, uh, you know, have cer a certain bent one way and certain people a bent the other way. Yeah, I think it really, it's a matter between how a person views what's realistic and what isn't. I mean, there may be some truth in this stuff because, of course, the human mind is something that you can't see. Right. It's abstract. And I think everybody's trying to make sense of it the best they can, but to apply all of these theories to what's physical and realistic for us, what we're going through every day, sometimes it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. What about faith? That's not physical. Right, and that is something I always think about. If they can believe all of these abstract things, how come they don't believe in God? Many of them don't. They don't put their faith in God, or obviously we do, uh, being Christians. They put their faith in government or the state. That is their God. Yeah, and that actually juxtaposes everything that they always talk about. You know, they believe in this transcendence of the human spirit. I've read that a lot in all these required books from my classes. But when it comes to God, they're like, how can you believe in something you can't see? So I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, we and they talk about spiritual uh, spiritualism and spirituality, but you know, we we believe in the Holy Spirit, which is which is God. One of the is you know, God is a triune God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that's that's really what motivates us. And I think it's again, I'm going to generalize here, but most of the people who want to keep the mascot are Christians. Yeah. And most of the people who don't want the mascot to stay the Indians are not Christian. I think there are definitely some correlations there um, that are interesting to look into. It's just these patterns, you know, we're not stating anything. Mm -hmm. It's not a finalized no, just, thing, but it is. Yeah. And, and, and um, you know, there's a, there's a lot about our history that is uh, is ugly, yeah. American history. I mean, For slavery sure. is just, just one part of it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of it that, that really is not admirable, but that doesn't mean you erase it. Right, you, know you can't you're, erase it. Right. It already happened. Yeah. Being a conservative, a lot of times they think that we're just insensitive to things like slavery, like any kind of human injustice or anything. But the reality is we've acknowledged that it happened, but we move on and try to go through the future to make sure it doesn't happen again. Right. right. I, I, I can't improve on that. That's absolutely correct. Anything you want to add to it? I don't want to go over your time here. No, that's all right. <laughs> I, we've already discussed a lot of really interesting things, I think. What didn't we cover? Um, well, the human health, that's big, I'll I think. You, I'll them. let you take, you know more about that than I do. Well, if anybody is on Instagram, or I don't know if it carries over to Facebook. I'm not on Facebook as often. I know that you are, though. You're too young to be on Facebook. <laughs> um, the, there's the self-care trend. It's huge. I've talked about it before on this podcast um, about the mental confidence and like being obsessed with yourself as a form of like power or whatever it is they're saying that you should be obsessed with yourself because mentally that's going to make you love yourself more and be more confident with your physical appearance so if you can just be obsessed mentally with yourself that will make you feel better and also make you more confident so that you're not susceptible to what other people think of you and that's all these feelings and everything Again, I think that comes back down to faith again. I mean, if you put faith in God, you don't put anything or anyone mm -hmm. above God. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you're focused on yourself, and I know people who uh, do do yoga and, and and do all this other stuff, and they meditate, meditation. they meditate. I mean, they're putting themselves in, ahead of God, and and I don't think that's right. Right, because I mean, maybe temporarily it will bring them some peace, but that in the long term is not going to bring them any real self 
satisfaction. The I feel peace, like the yeah. peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah, right? That's true. And with that whole self-care thing, that's why those COVID shots didn't really bother them as much because the thought of it is what counted more. It would make them feel safer. Exactly. And that goes with the masks that, you know, wearing a mask make them, makes them feel safer. It doesn't make them any safer. And there are all kinds of studies. And I've talked about this on my podcast, which airs on Wednesdays. I, and I've read a number of studies that show the, the efficacy rate of masks. Even the, the best masks are anywhere from 15 to 20 percent. I mean, it's not zero, but it's not 90 percent either. These people are walking around. I see them. Well, they think it is. They feel yeah, like they, it is. They feel like they feel like it is. It's it's so one writer referred to it as a face diaper, oh a mask. Gosh. So, I mean, it really it does provide maybe very limited protection in some cases. But right. people are outdoors riding their bikes and walking, wearing masks. You cannot catch the virus outdoors. You'd have to be virtually nose to nose with an infected person. Yeah, that's because a virus capsid or a virion, because that's the nucleoprotein particle. It can't be alive. It can't live unless it links to something that's already living. And some viruses can survive on like a countertop or something. It can for a few hours, but they, they eventually dissipate because they need to be latched onto a host cell to live. So feeling like you're protected with a mask, if that's what you want to do, fine, but don't make me do it because I know it's not helping me physically, realistically. And they're the same way with abortion. And I know that can be a sensitive topic, but they're so unrealistic about the implications and consequences of abortion. You know, they mark women who have had miscarriages as women who have had multiple abortions. Certainly, it's become a de facto method of birth control for a lot of women, especially women of color. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. they've had uh, you know numerous abortions and we don't want to see that happen. We believe life is precious. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really terrible that they would mark medically women who have had miscarriages just because of some health complication or something they mark them as women who have had abortions and that is really really sad that's going to make the mother feel so terrible and i don't wish that on anybody and these people who want abortion they're dehumanizing the baby so that they don't have to face the reality of what abortion actually does they're just justifying it by saying that the mother has the right to end the baby's life because it makes them feel better mentally well you know they 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 talk about choice and and they're pro-choice women have the choice to get pregnant they make a choice most and of not the time. 99.9% of the time. Mm-hmm. And and you have to live with your choices. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And, and right. abortion takes away another life. And it destroys the life of the mother, frankly, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. It does. There's actually a lot to the mother's mental health that happens after the abortion that they don't want to talk about. Because in the moment, they feel good for being empowered. And it all just goes back to this whole you know, thoughts and feelings over reality. And it's really not a good way to think, but that's just my opinion. Well, you know, most liberals don't think, they feel. You need to think, you need to use your brain and your heart in in, in tandem. Yeah, that's very true. And I think that concludes the content of this episode for today. I think we talked about a lot of really interesting things. Dad, thank you for being on here with me. Honey, thank you for having me. I, I enjoyed it immensely. All right. Well, thank you again. And thank you to you guys for listening. It's always greatly appreciated. And I will catch you all back next week right here on the BMG Network.